Hello again, and welcome to the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Lemke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. Coming in for another rip-roaring episode. Yeah, that went smooth, man. That went went smooth. I've been taking your advice and... uh, and singing it in my head as we do in the service, and that's really helped. <laughs> if there's anything that you learn from our podcast, it's that life is made better by just singing in your head. <laughs> you know, I still, when I flip through the Bible to try and find a book, will sing the books of the Bible song that I learned in grade school that my mother taught me just to just to figure out where I'm going. When I was in sixth grade, uh, Mr. Knuton. He was. We were in Indiana, and he would have us do what he called the Indianapolis 500. There'd be normally four people, like four wheels on a car. Yeah. And one would say Genesis, and the next one would say Exodus, and Leviticus, and they'd circle around. Okay. Well, I was in a, a row that had too many people, so uh, Gal, Christy Deem, and I were the pit crew. So it was just back or for, back and forth. So I'd say Genesis, she'd say Exodus. We could plow through the books of the Bible incredibly quick and it's much easier for me to say them fast now than to just go slowly so not a song <laughs> but still a fun way if you have to memorize stuff try to try to memorize it in a fun way really that, all right there's your happy friendly advice for the day right yay right. Yep. thank you uncle eric oh. <laughs> all right so we're we're in John six, and Indeed. we are about ready to get to one of the uh, the great passages of scripture, one of the uh, the, the hotly debated passages of scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really diving at John six fifty two, but I want to have Thomas back up to fifty one, and then we'll roll in that way just to get kind of a a good rolling start there. So if you would just read John six fifty one, okay. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. All right. So we've been having this whole discussion. This is all after the feeding of the 5,000. You've got the, the, the Jewish folks who, who are kind of tentative around Jesus and kind of want to be the bread king rather than the Messiah. They're, they're grumbling and they're grousing. How come you can't do things as awesome as Moses did? Because he gave them bread for 40 years. I mean, you've only given, you've fed us once. That's nice, but come on, keep it coming. And Jesus says, I am. Ego and me. That's how God reveals himself in Exodus. That, that's the, you don't say that if you're a Jewish person because it implies that you're God. And he comes and says, I am. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If you eat of me, if you partake of me, you will live. And how? I am going to give my flesh for the life of the world. He here points to the whole truth of the incarnation that he is God Almighty taking on human flesh who's going to suffer and die for the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All right? Mm-hmm. And the reaction is going to be kind of like my reaction with the Cubs last week. But that's <laughs> there. If you would read just 52. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So, now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just 52. That, now, that, now think done. about this. Of all the things Jesus just said, even just in verse 51, mm-hmm. where on the rank of profundity is the idea of 
the man giving us his flesh to eat. He's claimed he's God. Right. He's said he's going to give his flesh over for the world. He said that he has come down from heaven. In terms of the shocking things on that list, where would be, wait a second, we're going to eat him? Where, where would that be? <laughs> I'd Right there at the top, as far as that, er, put the brakes on, whoa. <laughs> really? See, I think, it, I think there are other things that are more profound. I mean, if, okay, you might have a guy who's, I could, some crazy guy could like, I cut off my finger and put in the salt. <laughs> well, and keep in mind, you're asking that question of a 21st century Christian. And so for me, cannibalism is still, I mean, if you were to interpret it that way, just straightforwardly, is still one of the most shocking things about the text. But now but you're talking first century Jews. Someone, but is it more shocking than someone saying, I'm God? Well, I'm familiar with Jesus saying I'm God, but right. but uh, I, no, I, I take your point. Yes, the it, the... the claim to be deity is a lot more shocking ultimately the 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 idea that i will give for for the world my flesh mm-hmm. that that sacrificial language you True. have god is going to be sacrificed you would think those would be the things that would go and <laughs> their minds and oh, wait, how, how, how's this whole flesh eating thing gonna go it's kind of kind of kind of icky man right and so it, it, it's just one of these things where it's like Wait, wait, that's what you're gonna key on? I I've just declared that I'm God and you're not gonna ponder that. You're gonna you're gonna you're, you're gonna ponder the 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 I don't wanna well, yeah, I'll say you're 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 gonna ponder the the iotas, you're gonna ponder the comma. I mean you the, the big point, look, God is here. Oh well, how's this gonna operate? Really? It, it, it's I don't know. Just seems like it it's Missing some of the bigger points to focus on something else. You could say that. Th- oh, go which ahead. Is, which is what I think sets up for what we're getting next in the conversation. That's true. So, in a sense, you could say they're literally thinking carnally. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, they are thinking carnally. Okay. Right. All right. So, so start into Jesus' response. So, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus taught these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. That is actually one of the most debated, discussed passages of John. Because the question becomes, I'm going to set the debate for the stage for the great debate and then give my own approach. Great. Is Jesus talking about the Lord's Supper here? Now, if I just asked you that, Thomas, what's your initial gut reaction hearing this? Uh, personally, I would say yes, absolutely. How can you miss the obvious allusions? Mm-hmm. Do you know what the old classic Lutheran position was? I'm guessing probably not along the lines of mine. Right, it was no. Huh. And the reason for this is there was a great debate 
when when they when you have the Lutheran Reformation come around, mm-hmm. you have people who end up taking this saying, this is talking about the Lord's Supper, and then use it to argue for a non-real presence, a spiritual pres- presence. Okay. Because obviously he's not being like super literal, like, here, let me let me peel off a, a piece of skin and hand it to you. <laughs> and, and so okay. basically Luther would argue, look, the main point here is we, we apprehend this by faith. This is this is talking about faith, and a lot of it was overreaction too. What I will say is this. I think it alludes to the Lord's Supper. Right. The the point of the text is not, let me explain to you what the Lord's Supper is. But it's making illusion because again, the, the we we are saved by grace through faith, and part of that is we receive the good things of God and we don't reject them. Oh yeah. So if I, so so if I want to go and let's discuss the Lord's Supper, this is not the first place I turn to, not that's the fair. second, not the third. So if, if that's the first place you're turning, no, let let's you might be doing something wonky with the debate. But here's this beautiful imagery. You've got Jesus touching upon in verse 51. Here's the whole mysteries of the incarnation, the redemption, the cross, the salvation, and even with some sacramental allusions. And they flip out over that. Well, well no, if, if, you, if you don't want to have what I give you, you've got no part in me. Mm-hmm. And so some people say, well, no, this can't be talking about the Lord's Supper because, I mean, what about, what about children who don't commune? Does that mean they're not saved? He's talking to the people who are grousing about it. Right. And yes, if someone says, who knows what the supper is, and says, no, I don't want that, well, that's kind of problematic. Very. So, so there, there is some sort of, some sort of, there is some Jesus ratcheting it up and saying, no, dudes, come on. I'm talking about salvation here. Just, just go with it. If, if I'm offering you salvation, you, you should gladly receive. Why? The Samaritans gladly received it. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you willing to to run with things? Why are you continuing to complain? And he's teaching this in Capernaum. He's even at the synagogue. And what's the well? Do you have any other thoughts there on that section? I have heard people say that. Well, John's audience clearly would not have understood his talking here. Jesus is sorry. Jesus's audience would not have understood Jesus is talking here as a reference to the Lord's Supper. Therefore, it can't possibly be. Right. But wouldn't that number one that voids the fact that John's audience would have had a different understanding in the hindsight of faith, right? Well, that's sort of like saying, uh, and that's actually an argument Luther made. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we can disagree on that point. But but that would sort of be like saying, well, Isaiah fifty three really can't be about the crucifixion because the people Isaiah was talking to, no, no. God's in charge. He can Jesus can use divine foreshadowing. That right. that that's not a problem. And and this is one of the things where he he's pointing forward to. And again, this isn't really a main the, the main thrust of this whole John six section isn't to be a discussion of the Lord's Supper, but rather the superior the superiority of Christ and what he brings to the superiority of Moses. The focus on the resurrection, the life everlasting, the great good things of God as opposed to just earthly things. So. Solid. Does that work? Yes. Now, um, ooh, I don't know. This is, t- 
talking about John 6 is one of the classic debates at the seminary. If any of you uh, young men end up going off to the seminary your first year in the dorms or with your, your friends around the lunch table, you will probably end up discussing John 6 ad nauseum. That's just one of the things that happens. And uh, as I spent many years in the dorms at the seminary, I... Yeah, all right. That that's about as much as I'll go into it. <laughs> if you have questions, you can ask about it in the Inquisition, and we'll deal with it then. Otherwise, we can get ready to press on. So. Now, Thomas, before we we move on to the very next section, yeah, just like the the little bit of time we have before the break. Um, if you are preaching, mm-hmm. what do you think you generally would want the response of your hearers to be? Um. Outward response or inward response? Both. Either way. Inward response, I would hope they would move mentally to a closer understanding of the truths of Scripture and spiritually, if I can use that term, uh, into a closer, I hate this word, relationship. (laughs) Oh, okay. There's a better way to say that, but that's my short version. Would want to cling more tightly to God. That's would perfect. rejoice and rejoice in the gifts of God even to a greater extent. Yes. Um, uh, what would be the reaction you wouldn't want them to have? Oh, wouldn't. Uh, grousing, eye rolling, um, hardening of the heart. Say, w- w- what's going to happen here? You think? Probably the latter. Oh, and in a most spectacular way. So. <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll get to that after the break, all right? Sounds good. And welcome back to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we have just heard Jesus preaching in the synagogue, and, well, they're grumbling amongst themselves, disputing among themselves in the middle of the teaching which isn't a bad sign. He finally ratchets it up even more. If you don't partake of my flesh and partake of my blood, you have no life in you. Ba-boom! And what is the reaction? One of the, the, the saddest... Well, okay. Start, start in 60. Just, just, oh, oh. <laughs> when many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what is it to you? Wait. Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning. Oof. Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who would, did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. Right. So Jesus looks at them grumbling, and, and they say this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? Now this is a, a, a that phrase is stronger in Greek. Okay. It, 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 it's not just who, who can hear it, but it, it's how in the world am I supposed to listen to this garbage? How ah. can I put up with it? I mean, it, 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 it's not just, I don't know if, I don't know what I'm hearing here. It, it, it's, <laughs> I, I'm about ready to stop up my ears and pull my cloak and tear my cloak and pull out my beard and start stoning someone. Uh-huh. I, it, this keeps going. I mean, this is, this is like when my mom put on the country and Western station. It, it's that. <laughs> so, and, and so Jesus looks at them and says, look, 
I'm dealing with with things in simple imageries of, of, of earthly understanding of of the life of the church that you're going to be part of. If you can't comprehend that, how are you going to comprehend the last day? What, what if you see me coming in my glory? How's that? Gonna... It's not about you and what you want and what your mind can wrap its head around. It's about what I'm doing for you to win you salvation. Quit worrying about everything physical. Look at salvation. Look at the spiritual. Look at the, the life beyond just your, your petty life right now. Of course, you know, I understand some of you just don't believe. How's that come across? Not flippant, but maybe in the sense that Jesus sort of is already giving some of these folks over, right? Mm -hmm. Much like Judas was given over. It's he's well, and you do have that allusion to Judas too. John points oh, yeah. out, look, no, Ju Judas doesn't surprise Jesus. He even knew that was coming. So there, there is this. All right, guys, let, let's cut to the chase with this. And I, I know who you are, guys. And if you want to run, go run. Just, just go, because you're just going to grumble and distract everyone else from what they need to learn. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a dour saying. Separating the wheat and the chaff. All right, hit sixty-five. And he said. This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. He ties it up again. And, and this is one of the things where that ends up being the, the utter capstone. The utter thing that just sets most people off to the most. You can't do it yourself. You're not going to believe unless it's given to you by God. And, and nothing cuts across man's ego, sinful fallen ego more than the idea that we must rely upon God for salvation. It just... I believe in it ticks me off half the time when my old, <laughs> sinful, when my old Adam kicks in. It's like, well, I, I wanted to be about me. Well, no, it's not about me. It's about Christ Jesus always. Never, never about me. For me. But always what Christ Jesus has done for me. Never hinging, never resting upon me. Mm-hmm. And man, if that doesn't stick in your craw when you get a good dose of a sinful pride and ego kicking up. Oh, yeah. So, All right. Any thoughts there? Uh, nothing that stands out. All right. Now, now, 66 and 67. I do like that verse 666. <laughs> kind of interesting. But if you would do the next two verses. After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? This is I, one of the, the more profound verses in Scripture. After this, many of his disciples no longer walked with him. The, we, we often think of Jesus simply in terms of glory, and look, he he's always has these rip-roaring successes, and I wish my life could be just as powerful and dynamic as Jesus is. And here he is preaching in the temple, and many... Uh, lots, the majority, get up and leave. Everyone who had been so excited the day before because of the feeding of the 5,000 gets ticked and goes to where basically he looks at the 12 and says, you, everyone else is leaving, you guys going to leave too. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, do, do you hear how how utterly just down this is? Oh, absolutely. Here's my uh, my neat little theory, and this is this is me speculating. Okay. Um, <clears throat> John six, uh, Mark, the Gospel of Mark, has a similar chronology at this part. You have the seventy-two go on out, the seventy-two disciples. They come back. Mm-hmm. Then there's the feeding of the five thousand. Right. Then. Uh, they also have the the crossing of the water and all that type of stuff, so it, it parallels really well. And in the three year lectionary, it jumps into this part of John six in the middle of that section of Mark. You hear about in Mark the seventy, the seventy two, before the feeding of the five thousand. Mm-hmm. After the feeding of the five thousand and this conversation, you only ever hear about the twelve. That's true. What it's happened a to the very other guys? real possibility that some of these guys who get up and walk away were guys who would cast out demons. Oh yeah, and just like no, I I can't put up with this stuff anymore. I the, the look, I was casting out demons, man. Don't tell me what I can or can't do. Blah 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 blah. And Jesus turns and looks at the twelve and says, "Are you guys going to get up and go too? Is, is that it, it's." Do, do do you want to go away? Do do you want to do you want to get off of this? Do you want to do you want to flee? And uh, Peter also gives words that we sing in some of our services in the LSD. Indeed, if you would uh, take that and uh, uh, just sixty-eight and sixty-nine. Simon Peter answered him, "Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God." great language where, where else would we go i yeah even if i don't like what you're saying jesus what's my other option mm-hmm. and this is one of the things i think is very useful for us to remember there are going to be parts of the christian faith things in scripture that you probably won't like I, i'll be honest i don't like the i don't like the idea of hell I, i've got too many friends who are unbelievers i don't like the idea of hell sure but what has God said? Where, where else am I going to go? Mm-hmm. This is what the the scriptures put forth the doctrine of Christ Jesus. They they give me Christ. They they proclaim his salvation, and he says how it is. If I don't like it, well, what other option do I have? I, I don't n- none really. Every other option is just <laughs> you don't like hell, Eric Brown. Well, guess what? Every other option leads you to that place whose concept you don't particularly like. <laughs> well, all right. Well, Lord, to whom shall I go? You do have the words of eternal life, mm-hmm. and this is just something in general. You should. Expect every once in a while when you're hearing your pastor preach, when when you're you're going through the study of scripture to come across things that you won't particularly like. And do you know why this is? You're a sinful human being. Your ways are not in your flesh are not God's ways. And so there are gonna be points where things just that's not the way I would have done it. Well, that, you know what? That's okay because if I were the one in charge, I am a, I would have been a very mean, viteful, spiteful, vengeful God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. 
the, the, when, when James and John say, do you want us to call down fire and brimstone? I'd say, well, yes, a double hoping. That would be good. <laughs> and, and that would have been bad for everyone because it would have been very little salvation, if any. So, no, it, really, the way God does stuff is better. And it's just sometimes in our own flesh, in our own short-sightedness, we don't see that. We don't believe that. Right. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Exactly. All right. All right. Verse 70. Yeah, let's finish the chapter. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of uh, Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Jesus had to be almost dour here. Because I mean, all right, yeah, I've still got my 12. Well, really, I've only got 11 of you, but that, that's okay. It's not going to catch me off guard. Might freak you guys out. I mean, I know what's going to happen, and, and you guys are all going to scatter. <laughs> but but it, it, all right, guys, let's go. Come on. So what, what do you just generally make of chapter 6, Thomas? I take it to be a lot of foreshadowing in the sense that Number one, you have Jesus foreshadowing his death and resurrection. You have him foreshadowing the Lord's Supper, at least as you or I would take it. Mm-hmm. You have him dramatically foreshadowing his uh, betrayal, leading to you know, the consummation of all these other things. So it's sort of a a giant um, teaser <laughs> for what comes in the Christian faith. And, and with this, his popularity decreases. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to think about it, in some ways, the beginning of the chapter is the high point of Jesus is awesome in the book. True. But no, the point isn't I'm awesome because I do bread. The point is I'm bringing life and salvation. That's the point. That's the goal. That's the focus. And when that becomes the focus more and more, the more Jesus' Jesus' focus shifts to life and salvation forgiveness, the more people complain. The more people flee, the more people leave. Hey, hey, uh, what wh- what do we still see even today? Uh, the same when when those things come up, people abandon in droves. Weirdly, this is one of the things to remember. Uh, we, <clears throat> our parents or grandparents, grew up in the day and age where the idea was, well, we'll just assume that people are Christian. That's not the way it's shaping up to be. But you know what? This is nothing new. Even in Jesus' day, what did Jesus see? The vast majority of people going, bah, 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 mm-hmm. and, and falling away. So that's something that we can't, we shouldn't be surprised when it happens, and we shouldn't let that discourage us. Rather, we should remember, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Sure. Let's be in the word. These things are written that we might believe, that we might that Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we would have life in his name. He's giving us life. This is awesome. Even if other people don't get it, even if other people don't appreciate it, even if other people don't buy it, so be it. This is what Jesus has done. Thy word is truth. Perfect. All right. Cool. Well, we will actually break a little bit early and uh, come back for an extra couple minute or so on the Inquisition on the other side. All right. Excellent.
Now begins the Inquisition. The Inquisition. What a show. The Inquisition. Here we go. We know you're wishing that we'd go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. And we're back to the Gospel Boldly podcast, and we are to the part of the show that we call the Inquisition, where Thomas and I get put to the test, the trial, the torture, answering hard questions about Christian faith, life, everything. So, I'm going to start this week with a question for Thomas. Okay. So I was looking around on Facebook this week, and and I, I just had one of those beautiful segments where one of my liberal friends posted a, a meme with... Oh, Jesus would have done this, da, 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 da. And I had a conservative friend who had the exact same meme, but with a different set of sayings for Jesus. And it was the other side. Oh, Jesus obviously would have done it this way. We have a lot of an attitude, or it's, I'm, I shouldn't say we have a lot of, I see quite often a lot of political rhetoric tied up to Jesus would have been a blah. Jesus would have supported this. Jesus would have supported that. Jesus would have voted for Trump. Jesus would have voted for Bernie Sanders. How do we as Christians respond to that sort of rhetoric? Oh, gosh. Well, I think the mistake is in thinking that Jesus would give his endorsement one way or the other in a, in a strictly earthly sense. I mean, we just got through reading this thing about Jesus talking about spiritual realities, and here we are arguing about these earthly realities. Um, do Jesus's teachings match up with certain policies? Sure. Feed the hungry. Okay. But how do you do that? There's all these questions. At the end of the day, when you're trying to recruit Jesus for your cause, I think the better approach is to remember that, first things first, Jesus is the one doing the recruiting. And you're working for him, not for your political campaign. <laughs> um, that said, are there parties or candidates that hold more closely to the truths of Christianity and whose policies would be more close, uh, reflect more closely the values that Christians hold? Sure. And, you know, feel free to have conversations at home and with your parents and <laughs> pastors. And I'm not sure how many of our, uh, our listeners are of voting age, but think those things through and there's there's reams and reams of material bookwise out there about that but to answer the specific question about like the memes and things i, I just think it's kind of backwards the thing i've noticed mm -hmm. is the underlying assumption is that jesus would support this political position because that's what i support oh yes and therefore i'm sure that's what jesus would have done too right have you noticed in the scriptures how often Jesus tends to like take people and smack them cattywampus? Oh yeah, they'll make yeah, assumptions about. Well, of course Jesus would no. <laughs> right, right, yeah, no, no, no. Jesus would have probably come up with a better solution than anything we come up with. So oh, for sure. So right. for sure, and I too, I think one of the things to remember when people are looking at you know, perfecting the political system, and there's a lot of value in politics when done the right way, but when looked at as a culture war, take back the culture for Jesus and, and 
get your guy in power because then everything will be better. Just remember the Israelites had the Ten Commandments brought down from on high by Moses himself, and they still fell multiple times. It's, it's just the, the way, way of, of the world. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. That, that'll work. That'll work. Feel so. free to share your favorite political meme on our, our Facebook <laughs> page if you wish. Absolutely. So. That would All be right. the uh, facebook.com slash gospel boldly link for that matter. So my question for you then, as we All are right. approaching Halloween here in the next couple of days, uh, I'm sure you'd agree that there's a love affair in contemporary society between, or for rather, two groups of monsters. The vampires on the one hand, the zombies on the other. The vampires, they drink blood. Zombies, they eat flesh. When we're examining that, when we're looking at it, how should we look at it with an eye to, in particular, maybe Christian communion, wherein we drink the Lord's blood and eat his flesh? What kind of lines of comparison and delineation would you draw? This is one of the things, I I will give a caveat to start off with. I actually enjoy a lot of vampire stuff. Really? That's been something I... Even in high school, I, I I'd go read the histories of Dracula and things like that. Okay, and they they have fascinated me. Zombie stuff, not as much, but what a lot of modern people forget is that the horror culture, the 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 horror tales, the gothic horror, if you want to put it, gothic was a type of church architecture. True, it, it's all playing off of. Christian ideas. So what you have in both vampires and in zombies, as we have them in the modern West, is you have plays off of things that are Christian. So so part of it, it it's that they were meant to be kind of twisted, deformed things that allude to Christianity. With both with both vampires and zombies, you have sort of an eternal life, but it's not really eternal life. You have the you have the drink the blood and live, but not really. You have the eat the flesh and live, but not really. So so they're meant to be playing off of the their horrific twistings or or destructions of what was actually supposed to be in the Christian faith. That's why they were viewed as demonic. Mm-hmm. That's what Satan does. He, he takes what is the good and twists it, distorts it, breaks it down. And that's why that's why it got played up that way in the the Victorian era, and when all this stuff came up, they were playing off of the Christian theme. So so that's not unintentional. That Interesting. was some of the point. Uh, I actually have a <laughs> an old book I found cheap at a, at Barnes and Noble, which was a reprint of a history of the vampire in literature. Uh, done around the turn of the century. And I mean, it just goes over just the development. And you get different things with the vampires and with the zombies being brought up with the, the interaction of Christianity. So it really is meant to be a, a, a playoff. And the sad part is we live in a day and age where people don't get that. They don't get that it's meant to be a, a mocking disparity or, a, or, a, or it's meant to be scary by being a, a twisted version of, of the reality of what we have in Christ. Very cool. So, That's yeah, a good so there, there, there's irony to the whole, oh, yeah, we'll call Easter happy zombie day. <laughs> well, no, actually, oh, yeah, okay, all right. You, 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 got, you missed the point of Western civilization, folks. Pick it on up. Right on. So, no, there, there actually is a, there, there's a time. Well, same thing with a lot of our ghost stories. 
when you think about the mm-hmm. of how many of the ghost stories are are decayed or or degraded ideas of eternal life of of the idea that we are eternal so yeah they're they're all playing off of that that truth of scripture but as taking it and twisting it now this is not saying it's evil but i mean that that was the point that's why it's that's why it's scary that's why it's horrific so why it reaches down to the very marrow of your bones and sends chills up your spine my wife not let me name a child vlad oh that would be cool vlad brown no yeah vladimir brown that you would not mess with Vladimir Brown. All <laughs> That's right. for darn sure. Oh, look, he has a soft, sharpened steak. He has a little stuffed animal. That's so cute. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Some parents walking. What are you listening to? Well, this is just a nice little Lutheran pastor. Archimedes and Vlad didn't work for my kids' names. Didn't well. make the cut. Well, let's jump into to chapter seven. Yes, absolutely. John. And uh, <laughs> read one through three, if you would. Okay. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. And four, if you would too. Sure. For no one works in secret. Uh, Yeah, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Now, how's this? You you just have Jesus losing a lot of his disciples. And you get the caveat. All right, he's having to hang up in Galilee. Because basically... If he goes down to Judea, if he goes down to around Jerusalem, they're going to kill him. And what do his brothers say? You know what, Jesus? Why don't you go down to Judea? I mean, you're such a big man. Just go do things openly down there. Yeah, show everything off in front of your disciples down there, big man. (laughs) They basically tell him to go die. I think my best friend, Tony was allergic to shrimp. Okay. And one day, his, his sister accidentally passed him stuff that, that had some shrimp on it. She just wasn't thinking. And it's like, oh, yeah, let, let's not do that. So, no yeah, kidding. Go, go have some shrimp and die, Tony. I mean, it was, <laughs> it's, but they're serious. Yeah. This Jesus, our brother, is embarrassing us so much. Just go and get yourself killed off so we can be done with you. How is that for chipper and happy at the moment that's a lovely family sentiment Woo-hoo. ah sounds sounds like too many family christmases i've heard about <laughs> he must have given them the uh the fruitcake last last uh hanukkah all right. <laughs> all right read uh read five through nine if you would for not even his brothers believed in him jesus said to them my time has not yet come but your time is always here The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. No, he's not going to go up at at the Festival of Booths. He'll end up going up at Pentecost, or not Pentecost, oh, sorry, at Passover. But it's interesting what Jesus says. You guys can go. No one's going to hate you. Why does Jesus claim that he is hated? 
It hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. Remember, you guys are looking at works. You, you think it's going to be about me showing off how awesome I am. No, no. The works of God are faith to believe. The works of the world, they're evil. And you guys are still thinking in terms of evil, thinking in terms of, of technicolor awesomeness and all that type of who, who's more powerful. No, that's not the point. You're missing the point. Of course, notes that his brothers didn't believe. That's one of the themes that comes up in all the Gospels, and it's one that we don't necessarily think of. Jesus' brothers, his family, his relatives, most of them don't believe in him. They think he's a crackpot. Mm-hmm. It's not until later, till after the resurrection, that they come around. That's true. But it's, I don't know, one of the things I think is uh, slightly bittersweet. So how about 10 through 13? We can close up with that. All right. Uh, 9 says, after saying this, he remained in Galilee. 10, but after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, he is a good man. Others said, no, he is leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. So, Jesus basically tells his brothers, take a long walk off a short pier. I'm not going to jump through your hoops. Uh And yet he still does go up silently. And John here records what's going on. Because again, remember, his disciples would come up with him. And, and they're going on the QT, they're, they're, they're laying low at the moment. And John notes that there's discussion about him. There, there's, people are talking, even though you've got the folks who are really angry. Some, no, no, he's a good man. Why? why? You guys are making mountains out of molehills, da, 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 da. But note, out of, because of fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly about him. It's become so intimidating that even the people who support Jesus can't do so openly. They might, you might do it one-on-one and kind of, well, maybe he's not so bad, but you can't just come out and say, boom, here it is. Mm -hmm. So do you get that sense of of just kind of fear and intimidation that's going on? Absolutely. So that's the setting. That's the situation that we're in. We've gone from, dude, let's make him king, to let's not talk too much about him. (laughs) I mean, it, it really is a, a it, it, it's gone down the major hill of the first roller coaster, and it's gone quick. Yep. And it keeps going. So it, it's interesting how John just paints this, uh, this decay, this, this, everything looks like it's falling apart. But really what it is, it's Jesus driving to the cross. His time will come when it's time to be crucified. And then that's good for you. That is when your time of salvation draws nigh. So, Boom. awesome. With that, that's the end of the podcast for this week. Woohoo! Uh, send questions to what? Our <laughs> Facebook page that I referenced earlier. Yeah. And that's all. All right. Have a good one. Enjoy. <laughs> enjoy Halloween and or Reformation Day. Yes. You can enjoy both. They're fun. And All, all right. Saints Day as well. That too. And if any of our hearers are down south, Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> <laughs>